Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone on the screen porch, and once again a fall day that's warming up so beautifully. I did sleep on the porch last evening. It was only 45 degrees when I woke up. Not too bad, not too bad. You are likely hearing the swarming grackles in the background, and I was trying to wait it out before sitting with you, but uh, hey, why not enjoy their sounds? It's so fallish. I adore the cycles of nature. They're so intriguing, which is going to be this week's story about the nutty times. (laughs) But before we chat about that, I want to thank those of you that reached back about last week's chat, ponds versus lakes and vernal ponds. It does put a different perspective on how we label things, doesn't it? But always to think about how important our water sources are for wildlife. So it is a nutty time. I was walking on the road a few weeks ago and a man was pulled over in a very old pickup truck and I thought maybe he was picking up trash. You know, I have a thing about picking up trash along the road. It's called walking and plucking. We spoke about that in episode 18. Anyway, I went up to him and said, Hello there, are you uh, picking up trash? And he was hard of hearing, so I approached him more closely, and he said, no, I'm picking up walnuts to bring home to the squirrels and the turkeys and the deer. I enjoy watching them in my backyard, which kind of made me laugh because we are inundated with nuts in my backyard. Anyway, I enjoyed hearing the history of his childhood when his dad used to take the walnuts and put them in the attic until they dried, and then he would open them with a hammer. What a neat memory to think about. And I imagine it was a good food source for them growing up. But he's not going to use them for food, but for his critters in the backyard. Black walnuts do make magnificent shade trees, but the native trees' beefy husk nuts can be a tad problematic, especially if you are below one when it falls, much like being beaned by a shagbark hickory nut while gardening below them the first spring I arrived. Talk about an element of surprise, but it did come with a good laugh, I must say, and I'm kind of ahead of myself in the story. I want to talk about shagbark hickories and about mast years. Shagbark hickory, which is Caria ovata, is a native tree. Its common name speaks for itself with the shaggy bark that stands out like a sculpture, but a treasure to some can be a nuisance to others. It's true, the first time a golf ball-sized nut thumped my head, it was a stinging surprise. Then there's the feeling of walking on marbles during the fall nut drop. Still, I'm glad the bear, fox, rabbits, squirrels, raccoons, and turkeys enjoy the nuts before tackling the cleanup, making the task far lighter to manage. Jolie loves the nuts as well, which is turning out to be one of her afternoon feasts. That is after she chases the squirrels, her favorite sport. While I personally have not tried them, I heard that the nuts taste very similar to pecans, which are also in the walnut family. I never had a client request planting a shagbark hickory as a shade tree until this week. No, wait a minute, I stand corrected. We planted saplings for a client with donkeys for shade, and once they grew up, he said, well, the donkeys will eat the nuts too. 
but by and large, folks think they are too messy as a landscape tree, though the bark is stunning. John and Barbara, new clients in Morristown, suggest that I plant a shagbark hickory rather than the planned red oak, which is the New Jersey state tree. They said that the shagbark hickory would then pollinate the pecan tree in their front yard. They are from the same family, but I never considered they would cross-pollinate. Mother Nature is so clever. Shagbark hickory produces juglone, which is a natural herbicide, but it's in far less concentration than eastern black walnut, juglans nigra, famous for being allopathic, a fancy word for emitting chemicals that harm other plants. Juglone gives black walnut a competitive advantage over non-tolerant plants within 50 to 80 feet. That's such an amazing thing to think about that competitive advantage, but um, there are juglone companion plants, a story in a podcast not long ago. I'll put a link in the show notes. But I never heard of any plants that you need to avoid around shagbark hickory, so perhaps it would be a beautiful shade tree for John and Barbara. I certainly enjoy mine, although nature put them there. A side note here, John thought that the shaggy bark would inhibit lanternflies from climbing to lay their eggs. And I think about that. It is not a smooth bark, so they would have trouble climbing the trees. And then John showed me this sapling of a uh, shagbark hickory he had in his backyard, which was about chest high. So we may just move that into the front yard to make it his shade tree. Why not? Once shagbark hickory trees are old enough to bear fruit, they will produce nuts in three-year cycles. In the first year of that cycle, the tree will yield a massive bounty, which is called a mast year. As many as 18 gallons of nuts, which is, gosh, when you think about it, four or five gallon buckets of nuts. And that's just from one single tree. Then there will be about 10 gallons in year two. And in year three, there will not be any nuts. No wonder leaf cleanup didn't come with the usual wheelbarrows full of nut raking last year. Which brings to mind a story titled Beyond Nutty Mast Year that starts like this. Hello, fellow readers and listeners. These are nutty times, far nuttier than usual. In my neck of the woods, the shagbark hickory nuts are overabundant and golf ball in size. So much so that walking amongst them is risky for ankle stability. It's called masting when there's an excess of nuts. But how do trees know when to dial up the volume for a mast year? A few years ago, I had the privilege of attending Dr. Doug Tallamy's talk about his book, The Nature of Oaks, which I highly recommend. I've always talked about his go-to, Bringing Nature Home, a wonderful book as well that was recently updated. He spoke about why there aren't the same number of nuts each year, Mother Nature's way of checks and balances, of controlling populations, called predator satiation. In a nutshell, I couldn't resist, the hypothesis is same species of plants simultaneously produce more seeds or nuts than can be consumed by animals so that the plant will have plentiful seeds and nuts to reproduce. And other years when there are only a few or no nuts, squirrels, chipmunks, blue jays, turkeys, etc. may starve, keeping populations in check. We've all heard the folklore that an abundance of nuts means a severe winter ahead right up there with the theory that the narrower the brown band on woolly bear caterpillars, the harsher the winter. But neither of them is scientifically proven. Scientists aren't exactly sure what causes mast years, though theories of environmental reasons, available pollen, and chemical signaling are likely, 
and of course the normal cycle of nuts like we just spoke about with the shagbark hickory. Certainly untimely spring freezes can kill fruit-bearing buds, and wet and cool springs can impact pollination, just as dry, hot summers influence the size of fruits and nuts. But the specific triggers for mast years, which occurs every two to five years, are not definitive. Large oaks can produce 10,000 acorns in a mast year, 10 to 20 times more than average, and trees grow more slowly when masting as they put energy into making nuts. Speaking of woolly bears, I'm noticing many anomalies this year, including all brown and all black caterpillars crossing the road during the walk with Jolie, who was fascinated by them, and annoyed by them too when she gets into play position. The fuzzy fellow doesn't reciprocate. I have a hilarious video of Jolie barking at a woolly bear while I loudly over the ruckus say, Leave it, Jolie. It's just what they do this time of year, looking for places to hunker down. Passers-by must think I was going nutty. Garden dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com So I, I want to fill you in on that funny folklore about woolly bears because it's the narrower the brown band, the harsher the winter. That's the old folklore saying, and I just love that saying. I just love looking at woolly bear caterpillars, and uh, even though it's not scientifically proven... It's just fun to think about, again, the cycles of nature and the unique ways that things unfold and the magic of how nature has a way of controlling populations and realizing that our role in that is to not mess things up. So, for instance, when Kurt was doing the lawn cleanup in the backyard, he was raking up all of the spent shells of the shagbark hickories, and of course there were many that were intact, and so he places them in our compost area and they will just feast over there continuing the purpose of those nuts. Not to say that the fellow that was picking up walnuts along the road was doing a bad thing, because as he said, they would just be crushed by the cars, so why not use them and put them in his backyard? So anyway, I so enjoy our time together each week, and I hope you have as well. I want to thank you for joining me and for all your support. And I always love hearing from you, so please email me at askmarystone at gmail.com. And if you wouldn't mind, would you share the podcast with a friend or two so more can join us? It's just so fun to see how our community is growing and how many more of us are becoming aware of the part we play in the whole of nature that is part of us and a part of our world. It makes you realize how small we are in a way, but also how big our role can be. Helping each other, helping nature, and being kind. So thanks again. I look forward to the next time on the screen porch. Have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.